Hello and welcome to the Squats and Snickers podcast, a podcast for myself, Ruth Mack and Claire Tracy, where we're inviting you into our virtual kitchen table to join in conversations on whatever is piquing our interest. So pop on your headphones, grab a coffee, head for a walk and enjoy the show. Hello, I am here with a solo episode today about exercise in menopause or perimenopause. Now, I'm sure that most of you listening are aware that exercise is important, but I wanted to just talk about this a little bit more with regards to perimenopause and menopause because there can be some barriers to starting, not only your symptoms of hot flashes and so on, but also you might be experiencing knee aches and pains that will make you quite nervous about heading into the gym. And I'm, I'm going to start with a, a little bit of self-indulgence here of a story about myself, but it's not perimenopause related, but it's more about knowing how it can feel to be scared to exercise again. Many years ago, I, I think it's 2014, I had something called rheumatic fever. Now that can leave you with really horrible achy joints and pain and I was scared to do the things I used to do and I remember once I used to horse ride quite a lot and I remember being invited horse riding for the first time in a long time and I was scared to go because I was worried about not being able to get on the horse because of my my hips and my knees and my joint pain and I I think then there was just a realization that I can't carry on like this and that I needed to do something about it. And and thankfully for me, I did start strength training um, and I did start then gradually getting back into the, all the fitness and so on that I did. But often when we're in pain, it can be enough to stop you doing those things. But then once you've started, you'll find it's the thing that actually makes you feel better. It helps the joint pain. It helps you move more freely. You're getting up and moving about more. It's just that it doesn't always feel possible. I'd like to just start by sharing a little quote with you. It's from the National Institute of Health and it's one of their studies. And it says, overall, exercising beyond menopause is the only non-controversial and beneficial aspect of lifestyle modification and must be adopted by all. So in whatever way we can, and that's what we're going to talk about today. So exercise can increase our cardiorespiratory function and we do have a higher risk of heart disease during uh, menopause due to our estrogen levels declining. It increases our bone density which will help us avoid osteoporosis. It helps reduce stress and improve mood and it can help reduce hot flashes due to something called a domino effect which I will try and remember to go into later. It can increase your muscle mass, improve balance and can help as part of a program to support your weight loss or maintenance of weight. So great, it's important, but you might also go, actually, some of those things I don't really want. I don't really want to be getting stronger and improving my muscle mass because I don't want to look bulky. And while improving our muscle mass might change body composition, it's not going to make you look bulky unless you particularly want it to and you're training in a way that it will. And what we're also doing is protecting our joints. By having stronger muscles, we're going to have more protection for our joints. So if aches and pains are something that you struggle with, then having stronger muscles is going to help. It's also going to help you carry yourself in better alignment, move more efficiently. Uh, I'm also just going to quickly touch on um, that your muscles are the biggest site of glucose disposal, which can help if you are 
going to insulin resistance, which can increase with perimenopause and menopause. By having stronger muscles, we're going to be less likely to fall over. And actually, a lack of muscle mass is considered a major contributor to disability in older adults. So it, we lose muscle mass as we age, but that doesn't mean we have to accept that we're going to lose it. So yes, we're going to, but actually we can do things to stop it from happening in the rate it normally would. So... Now I'm talking a lot about increasing muscle strength here, but actually with exercise during menopause or during perimenopause, we want to mix it up a little bit. There's no one size fits all and you definitely need to start with where you are. So if exercise feels daunting, then focusing on something being better than nothing is going to be the mantra. If you can't walk very well at the moment, then start with a very short amount of time so you're doing something and build it up. Don't see it as a, I have to get 10,000 steps today because that's what I've read online. If you're currently only doing 1,000, then look to increase from there and build up over time. The other thing that I quite often see is on Instagram, I see that it's saying you must lift heavy during menopause. You need to lift heavy. Now, lifting heavy is great. And actually, it's going to be more efficient. But what we really want to be doing is working our muscles to fatigue in an ideal world. We want those muscles feeling like they've worked. And at the moment, that's probably going to be body weight if you've never done any strength training before. It might even be doing some sitting down uh, leg exercises, upper body exercises, it could even be some isometric hold type exercises where you're not going through a large range of motion. Hearing that you have to lift heavy when you can't yet lift heavy weight could be enough to stop you from starting. Keep focusing on the fact that you're looking to improve from where you are and I know that if you've been fit and active and healthy in the past it can feel quite hard to go backwards or to feel like you're going backwards to have to modify to have to change your routine to have to adapt to this new achier version of yourself but it's the only thing that's going to get you moving back to where you want to be to have you feeling more like you again so with that in mind what sort of exercise should you be doing if you want to get strong if you want to be fit if you want to age well, if you want to help the joint pain and so on. And I guess the main thing is that I want you to enjoy it. So I don't want you to neglect any of the areas I'm going to talk about, but work out how you can make it easier to do those things and how you can make it more enjoyable. There are certain things that I want you to include or I would want you to include in an ideal world in your workout. First one is strength training. We've talked about that a little bit already. This, when combined with high impact weight bearing exercise, has been shown to help preserve and improve bone density, even if you can't take HRT. And there'll be people who choose not to take HRT and there'll be people who definitely aren't allowed to take HRT. And knowing that there are still things that are within your control when you can't do that is fab. So strength training, is going to help preserve and improve bone density even when not taking HRT. You want to be working those muscles at a level that feels pretty hard. 
If you're, like we said earlier, if you're just starting out, that might be bodyweight exercises. If you have knee pain, you might be doing some wall sits to have that kind of isometric hold to reduce the range of motion and to build up the strength around the knee. You might also be doing some banded hamstring curls at home. What I'd like you to remember that is by not doing anything at all, you're not going to be helping your aches and pains. In fact, over time, your muscle mass is less likely to, or it's not going to be improving on its own. And then you're you're not going to have that protection for your joints. So even if it's a very small amount to begin with, and it's done in short little bursts, that is fine. And if you're worried at all, you know, go and see your physio and they'll likely give you some rehab exercises to do, which are designed to improve your strength in this way. So get the exercises from them and make those your first port of call. So if you're worried, see a physio and they will probably give you some exercises to start with and tell you what you can or can't do, the things you should avoid. And that will give you that bit of peace of mind there as well. Now, you might have remembered just now I said about strength training along with high impact weight bearing exercise, helping you preserve and improve bone density. High impact weight bearing exercise traditionally would be things like running, skipping, um, jumping. Now, if you've got a lot of pain in your knees or in your joints, you're probably not going to want to do that yet. Um, But there are things that you can build up to. So start with the strength because that will then help you get to a point where you can do that high impact weight bearing. And then remember that there's often modifications. So you could look at, for example, a trampet, which would be softening the impact a little bit. So going on a little trampoline, if you could hold on there, making sure that you're looking after that pelvic floor as well. Um, even walking down hills, you know, if you're going for a walk and you're walking downhill, that's going to be higher impact as well. I'm not talking like seriously steep inclines because that could feel quite sore, but I'm talking a little bit more impact on that brisk walk that you could go on as well. So that's another way of including that. The other couple of areas that I would say are very important to include in any way you can are working on your balance and your cardiovascular health as well. I don't think they should be neglected. Now, balance, I mentioned right back at the start as being something that exercise can help improve. It's also going to be the thing that we most need really as we age. It's going to help us with proprioception. It's going to help us um, avoid falling over you know, falling over might seem like something we don't need to worry about now. But as we age, if we've not done strength training, we've got a poor bone density, we've fallen over, we're more likely to break our bones. And that is a reason for hospitalization as we age. So let's look at this now. Um, So balance, how can you work on your balance? If you cannot stand on one leg at all, even holding on to something, walk on the ground as though you're walking on a tightrope. You can have something out to help you, somebody walking along next to you, but practice walking in a really straight line. That is going to be working your balance. And then there's those exercises that if you are doing strength training are going to be helping you with your balance anyway, anyway, such as um, your uh, lunges, if you are at a point where you can do those. 
um, your single leg deadlifts, your split squats, those types of things are going to be helping you view balance. And then you've got more balance specific training. So Tai Chi is completely balanced. It's all about kind of calm and balancing. And I don't do Tai Chi, so you have to forgive me, but it is a balance exercise. Then you've got yoga and Pilates. And I mean, yoga in particular has balance in all positions. So it's a good one to do. Recommendations when if you are going to practice balancing on its own on one leg, um, because you feel like you're at a point where you can do that, you can stand on one leg easily. I would do it without shoes on. If you've got very, very flat, minimalist shoes, then fine, that can spread out. But we want our our feet to be able to kind of feel the floor and spread out. If we're, if we're wearing shoes that are kind of holding our feet in, then it's going to be much harder to find that balance. So I find taking my shoes off is great. I also find finding that calm. So I try and do it at closing my eyes. If I'm in a state of mind where I feel like there's loads going on, I find it really hard to balance. I have to really calm down. And I think that even just as a calming exercise, it's a good one to practice, especially in a warm up for a strength session. If you're going reasonably heavy, kind of gets you in the right headspace, helps you empty your mind. So it's a good one to do. So anyway, now I wanted to finish by just quickly talking to you about cardiovascular exercise, cardio, CV, you can call it whatever you like. I think it's really important that with CV, we build up to doing something that we love, something we enjoy. It is far easier to do things that we enjoy. The motivation isn't required quite so much. Now, the recommendation is that everyone should be getting 150 minutes of moderate intensity cardio per week. Now, if you're doing extremely high intensity cardio, it can actually go down to like 30 minutes a week. But here you would be questioning your will to live. It would be pretty intense and probably at the end of a gym session in in like 10 minute bursts. But I want to talk to you about what cardio might look like to begin with. If you are not doing anything at the moment and you're struggling, then it's going to be looking at building up with short walks going out in short bursts, whatever you're doing now, try and do a little bit more and making that a commitment to build up over time. Then let's not forget that things like dancing are cardio and that also works your high impact weight bearing exercise and also balance because you're going to be going from one leg to the other. Then we've got things like swimming, which although can get your heart rate up less if you're just very leisurely swimming through the pool and you're very efficient and so on, they still are going to get your heart rate up and you could definitely count that as a cardio. Again, depending on the intensity you're doing. Um, And then you've got anything else that you enjoy, insert whatever it is above. I mean, this is the thing, right? You don't have to be going out running every week to achieve whatever your goals are. You need to, again, start where you are and do something you love and see it as good for the soul, good for your body, good for general health. Cardio is something that you're just looking to get your heart rate up in whatever way that is. If you like a spin session, go to a spin session. If you like boot camp, which will have an element of strength in it as well, go to boot camp. The main thing is that you're getting your heart rate up. Don't overcomplicate it though. If you're already doing, you're like, okay, she wants me to go to the gym. She wants me to practice my balance. She wants me to do high impact weight bearing exercise. And now she wants me to do cardio. No, no, no. 
really you could say it's strength training and cardio right because strength training you can work your balance and you can do high impact there through jumps and so on and cardio you can do high impact weight bearing and you can work your balance there as well so they're not all separate things and you can incorporate your cardio at the end of your gym session as well if you like it's just making sure you're not neglecting any of these areas for long-term health I just want you to focus on keeping this journey calm, to not overcomplicate it and reduce stress as much as possible. And on that note, I shall leave you be to enjoy the rest of your day, the rest of your evening, the rest of whatever it is you're doing. And I'll speak to you very soon. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We appreciate all of you. Now, if you did wonder where to find us online, Claire and I are both coaches for ESG Fitness as part of the Commit to Six and the one-to-one coaching. And we can be found on Instagram at Claire underscore ESG Fitness and also Ruth underscore ESG Fitness. And then, of course, Emma herself, ESG Fitness. Thank you very much.